We're here at Graham Park after another session for the Colts. Good work in and joining us now from a national standpoint. He covers the National Football League for ESPN, ESPN.com. You hear him on ESPN Radio as well. Jeremy Fowler is with us. Jeremy, thanks for the time, man. How are you? What's Good to up, see Matt? you. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. What's it like being up here? I know you come to Indianapolis for the Combine and, and other events, but now that you've yeah. seen Grand Park, what are your first impressions yeah, of camp? I'm moving out here, man. It's nice. <laughs> it's a great setup, perfect weather. Great, great little facility here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a little slice of the heartland. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it was good to watch the team. They got some good work in. Sure. They keep it pretty light. You know, it wasn't an overly long practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a lot of good observations to be made. All right, first impressions, though, of the offense under Matt Ryan. What, what did you take away today when you watched practice? So, I, yeah, I kind of thought the defense played pretty well today. Maybe, I'm, maybe it was just me. I, yeah, no, I thought, you're not wrong. I didn't yeah. necessarily think they had a ton of explosive plays. I know they were doing a lot of red zone work today. Uh, first thing that stood out, though, was Naheem Hines. To me, I just it, it seems like a Naheem Hines offense uh, because Matt Ryan's a gr- great at the screen game. So, obviously, he's not the number one option. That's Jonathan Taylor and maybe Michael Pittman, but – um, what he had 40 catches last year that's going up I don't think there's any doubt yeah. about that mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm interested in that dynamic is how it works with Taylor and I think they do I think they are mindful here of wanting to to get his work to load down a little bit sure um, to preserve him but they also know he's a special guy who can handle it so I'm interested in that balance you know uh, and then you know it'd be interesting to see if like the the speed they have on the outside is enough you know they have some guys that are intriguing Paris Campbell um, you know and Alec Pierce coming in we know he's fast you know, can they stretch the field enough? You know, we know what Michael Pittman can do with his size, but do they have enough speed mm-hmm. uh, to break you down? I, I'm interested in that. Jeremy, I'm curious as you go around different camps over the, the next couple of weeks, what are you looking to learn about a team and, and what sort of just like things are you trying to pick out when you're you're here for a day or two? So it's sort of low-hanging fruit, but we do, from a fantasy perspective, try to get whatever nuggets we can. So Naheem Hines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. Exactly. So... Uh, because we do a big file, myself and Dan Graziano, we combine on some of our camp trips and just say, here's some things that we either learned or mm-hmm. or talked to somebody about uh, or, or just watched uh, from an observation standpoint, and uh, you try to put it all together. Like last year, I remember going to Rams camp and Cooper Cup. Like, I'm no mad football scientist by any stretch, but I'm like, why is Cooper Cup catching literally every pass in this practice? I'm like, that guy's going to catch 120 <laughs> and, balls next and, year. And, and he, he did. did. He did, yeah. yeah. So you're almost kind of looking for the next – uh, the next Cooper Cup, not that there is one, but just the next sort of breakout guy. Yeah. Um, so that I'm looking for that, and I'm looking for trend stories, whatever I'm working on. I'm looking for news. You know, are they going to get the Quentin Nelson deal done in the next day or two while I'm here? Probably not, but, like, you know, you're keeping track of stuff like that. Jeremy, speaking of, you know, storylines and things like that, where, where do you have the Colts in the hierarchy of the AFC South going into this season? So Are they the favorite, in your opinion? In the AFC South, mm-hmm. I would – so I'm torn on that because I would say from a roster standpoint, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would make that argument right now. I just I've always been bullish on their roster. Uh, I think they have enough to be a fa- to be called a favorite. Uh, but w- remind me, when's the last division title? 2014. 2014. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah, I just yeah. like why aren't they getting it yeah. done? Every team has won one since then. Yeah, so that's that's my only holdup. Like, why isn't it getting done? Maybe this is the year. They I, you know they feel like they have the quarterback to do it, to put it all together. Um, you know the plays that they might have missed last year. You know, they feel like Matt won't miss those, and, you know, the, the offense will have a little more structure to it probably. So uh, from that standpoint, I see it. You know, there's enough pedigree. Uh, if you're ranking talent based on position and players mm-hmm. and blue-chip players, like, they have it, you know. So I like it from that standpoint. So I, I, I would go – I would roll with that. 
When you have conversations with folks around the league, what have you heard about Matt Ryan and the the fit here with Frank Reich, just the fit here culturally from a leadership standpoint and, and how the Colts are able to get that deal done? Yeah, I think the fit is seamless. You know, people I talk to look at the fit as ideal, It's and especially for what they got for him. They did, really didn't give up very much to Third do round it. pick, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the question is just, uh, you know, his game holding up, and I think that's – been a question for a year or two and, and I don't know if all that is fair like he can still play I think that's obvious um, you know there are questions about the arm strength has it diminished some, some of those things so can that hold up you know is he is he durable he's always been durable but can can the body hold up and be mobile enough when you need him to be uh, to make plays that's really more the question than the fit I think the fit's tremendous but I mean he's not Philip Rivers like when Philip came here two yeah. years ago he he was very statuesque in the pocket. We've yeah. seen Ryan have some plays where he's rolling out. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you're still seeing the athleticism. Yeah, obviously, it's not where it was when he was 28. Right. But it still is showing up. Just from a, a meshing standpoint with Frank Reich, too, um, you know, that's something when I've had conversations with folks who cover the league nationally, they've said, you know, oh, like we, we can't wait to see what Matt Ryan can do with Frank Reich. Are you kind of hearing similar things there? I think so. Although Arthur Smith is pretty good too. Like he's, yeah. you know, and he's been around some good offensive minds, and he's shown when he's around that he plays well, right? Arthur Smith, Kyle Shanahan. So if you're with the right guy, it works, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and he's got the running game now to to work around. I think probably one of the better offensive lines he's had, which will make a difference. I, I think his mobility or the questions about his mobility were sort of compromised by. Atlanta's moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. Not only with overall talent, but on the offensive line. I think the Atlanta will be a little better this year there, but you know there were some issues before, uh, and so it makes him look maybe more immobile than he is. Uh, I don't think he's going to win the game, you know, running to the sideline, throwing 65 yards on a rope, right? Uh, but yeah, he he can move around a little bit. I, I am eager to see that. Jeremy Fowler is our guest, covers the NFL for ESPN, ESPN.com, and you hear him on ESPN Radio. And you're dialed in the league in terms of contracts and who's getting what and, and paydays and things like that. Jeremy, what, what do you make of the, the receivers from the 2019 draft class basically saying, here's what we want, and for the most part, those, those guys got it. Is, got it. I know. is that trending either positively or negatively around the NFL? How is it going to affect roster yeah. construction? It's, it's pretty shocking. I, I'm a little surprised they all got what they wanted. Uh, the good players, but you see so many – receivers coming in the draft every year mm-hmm. i'm surprised more of these teams didn't say well we're just going to wait because we'll draft a guy um, right but now it, it, it does depend on the player you know tennessee made that choice with right. aj brown no matter how much they loved aj brown they're just like it's just from a cost analysis standpoint it doesn't make sense for us to give you 25 million dollars a year so right. they went and drafted somebody else they could suffer a little bit as a result you know yeah um, but i think the structure of their offense they feel like uh, for what they do um, they can get somebody to at least fill that role maybe not as good but do some of the same functions um, where some of the other players, I think you kind of, you know, they're, it's like any position, right? If you're, if you can do everything and you're sort of like scheme transcendent, you know, can't lose type option, then you get paid. I think we saw that with Debo Samuel. But is, is he that guy though? Like, I don't think he's that guy. Which one? I mean, I mean, in terms of like, you, you can't replace him. Well, Debo and DK Metcalf, I do think the two guys that got paid, I think they're kind of irreplaceable. I you do? Just because they're so unique, yeah. Now, you can try to draft another Debo, but he's, for what he does, yeah. the I'm just saying maybe I get 80% of that, and I don't have to pay well, him. Well, that's, that's the calculation. That's why know, I'm surprised. $25 million a year. That's why I'm surprised that all these 
Tennessee was the only one that, that opted for the other way. Right. I'm surprised more teams didn't do that. Like, if there were five receivers that got paid, four or five, I, I'm surprised that three of them didn't opt for Tennessee's plan. It right. ended up only being one. I, I'm just shocked because every year the draft is so loaded with receivers, yeah. and these guys are saying, we want the second contracts right now. I just don't know if you can afford to pay your, your quarterback 30 and your top wide receiver 25 because the rest of your team's going to be dollar general. Well, that's true. I, I did talk to a, a wide receiver coach about this recently, though. He said, like, the, the really good ones, like, if you have a unique trait, whether it's speed or just ability to get open, more and more you're drawing a larger percentage of the defense to you, right, whether it's two guys or even three guys in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at it from that standpoint, then that equals money. Like, if you can take 20% of a defense, that's, mm-hmm. that's worth a lot of money if you look at it that way. So I thought that was interesting. Um, that's a good way to look at it. But, I, I, you know, I don't know if – all those guys do that on a consistent basis. We know, like, a Tyreek Hill does that because uh, of his speed, but and he got an obscene contract. So that, you know, so, uh, yeah, but, I mean, like, Green, you know, Green Bay and Kansas City, I forgot about them. They did they did go the Tennessee route. It's, in, it's interesting. I, I think um, it really depends on your philosophy and how much you evaluate and, yeah. and care for homegrown talent. Like, let's say Michael Pittman becomes a huge star. Chris right. Ballard has shown he likes to pay his guys as opposed to somebody else's guys. Mm-hmm. So maybe he would pay that massive price for a guy like that. You're talking about Tennessee and making that decision with A.J. Brown. What's your sense of the plan they have? Because it seems like, to me, they, they have started to enact more of a, a long-term plan of kind of shifting what direction they might be going as a franchise. But you trade A.J. Brown, you replace him with Traylon Burks in the first round. Yeah. You know, some other things with where Tannehill is in his career, where Derrick Henry is in that contract. What, what do you think John Robinson's plan is there, and what's your sense of kind of what their direction is? See, I, I don't necessarily think that's a rebuilding suggestion. Not so, rebuilding, but almost like retooling on the fly. Yeah, maybe. I, I think part of it is just uh, for as much as they liked A.J. Brown, that offense with the running back and the quarterback you have I just don't think you need a receiver to run 100 different routes and you target him 20 times. So I think because of that, they said, okay, well, it's hard to pay $25 million for that no matter how much we love A.J. Brown. So I think it's more down to that um, where they feel like they can can still manufacture points, thinking, okay, we didn't pay the money to Brown, so maybe we take a little bit of a step back. But they also have a lot of guys they need to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, They're similar to Indy in that way where they've they've drafted some good players – um, I do think Derrick Henry, Henry will get another deal at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is a guy you have to pay. They just paid Harold Landry. Yeah. If yeah. you don't pay Simmons now, you got to pay him next year. They have some really good mid-round picks uh, that they have to pay from 2019 at some point. So I think part of it's like you're just budgeting for that. You can only pay so many stars. It's really yeah. six or seven guys max. So do they do they take a step back this year, or do you see them still being kind of that – top-level competitive team in the AFC South. I just have a hard time ever counting them out. I mean, you saw last year right. with the way they were yeah. just dominating good teams at times. Yeah, all they did was win playoff-caliber games. Yeah, and then sometimes they fall flat, right? So you, you'll get that unpredictable game or two from them. Um, but I think the culture they've established with Mike Vrabel is strong enough where um, even if they take a step back, it'll be minor. All right, last one for me. Jeremy Fowler is our guest. You've been so gracious with your time. I know you got to run. But looking at this AFC conference – have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, as of right now, who do you cross off in terms of not being a viable playoff contender? There's 16 teams here, Jeremy. I think everybody has a legitimate chance because of the quarterbacks, the young quarterbacks, and just yeah. the, the parity in this league. It, it seems to all reside on the AFC's ledger of things, if you will. Right. Like, I'm, li- I'm literally looking at the AFC teams right now. I mean, the Jets, who? maybe? 
maybe you cross out the Jets. But I've even talked to some right. execs who think like they could be a sneaky playoff team. Right. Um, you know, Jacksonville could be a year away. Houston's pretty clearly a year away. So, you know, Pittsburgh, depending on how you feel about them. Right. But I would say there are at least 12 teams that uh, are really, really hard to cross off. Yeah. You know, New and, o- and only seven make it. You right. know? New England still seems in a bit of a transitional phase. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's the AFC West, you got to think at least two teams get out from there. Uh, and if and if two don't, they're going to be two good teams, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Raiders or Broncos, like teams that probably should make it. So uh, it's it's an issue. I mean, the, the the NFC, if you're if you're you know Tampa or the Rams, you're pretty happy because it's it's much more front loaded than the AFC yeah, is. No question about that. All right, Jeremy Fowler, where are you headed to next? So After I'm going to do a little AFC North action. Might swing down to the Titans for a day if I get time, but I think right now I'm just going to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> Got one more day with the Colts, and then uh, AFC North. Bengals, Steelers, Browns. He's on the move. Do, do you get do you get a break at all? I mean, when you're touring as many camps as you can over the course of a yeah. month or so, what I mean, how how long are you on the road? Yeah, it's not that bad. It's I'm, I'm right now. I'm only doing seven teams, so that's manageable. Uh, you know, you want to get home to your family and all that, so yeah. you know, you don't want it to be too long. Uh, but this is a fun time because this is like when it's there, you know there's not the pressure of the games yet. And it was good access for the most part. Everybody's happy to talk to you. Everybody's happy to talk to you. Right. So it's it's an enjoyable time. No question about it. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, best of luck. Safe travels. Thank you. Appreciate it.